welcome to Kardashian at the podcast about all things Kardashian. I'm Jessica Jardin. And I'm Marcy Jaro. Hi. Hi, friend. It's a Sunday morning. I'm in my robe still. I'm like <laughs> acne ridden. I don't know why the right, oh my God. The right side of my face is just like. Is it the pillow side? Probably. Probably. Yes. That's what that's my big telltale is I have uh, I get a lot more stuff on my left side because I sleep on my left side. I just got a satin pillowcase. What is happening? I think I need to. The, the satin pillowcases were worse for my skin. Ew. Mm-hmm. Fucking satin pillowcases. <laughs> I know. I was so sad because it was supposed to be good for your hair and good for your skin and it aggravated both. Oh, um, you're so you're I, I you know what? To, it's because you're just like down home and like you're just like uh I just need yeah. some I just need actually that's very actually the opposite is that um I ordered some sheets from a brand called comfy I think it's just like yeah I, I think it's spelled like the word comfy um and the reason I ordered it is because they are from a spa they were designed for spas <gasps> they're like spa sheets Ooh. and so they're crazy soft and I truly was so I like think I just also miss spas so much uh, um and yes. I truly they came and they are this is not a we're not sponsored I'm by them writing it but down. I want people to know they are insane they're they're the softest sheets they're they weren't crazy expensive and they truly feel it's so weird to explain what spa sheets feel like and i would never have known or thought Especially about it for the but the pores tr- out there who've never been the pores <laughs> don't remind me <laughs> um but they I, I recommend them to everybody they just came and they have like changed my life they're so the only thing that's interesting is that they don't get very cool because i think in spas you kind of are trying to stay warm uh-huh. under those blankets uh-huh. so if you like a cool bed oh. they're not for you mm. but um for, for when it's it not hot <laughs> turned on them they don't they're not hot to me but they they just don't get that kind of like cool feeling but anyways <laughs> you wake up next is a whole to, other podcast to, um tim's slick with sweat body being like <laughs> <laughs> we're just like two slick seals <laughs> uh, oh what was i gonna say whoever knows it doesn't matter I, I, well how are oh, you I was gonna how's say friend, how's the, no i actually thought this was i this oh. week have listened to asmr where they do a role play at a spa because i want to so desperately go to one <laughs> I've been a role like, play at a spa like, did you say they're like hi good to see you we're gonna do the full body <gasps> massage with you oh my god send it to me i'll cry <laughs> there's you could look on youtube there's thousands of them thousands of them oh my god. okay come with me this way we're gonna do really nice relaxing treatments oh and then hear like you hear like yeah. hair sounds so like it's like oh they're like <gasps> touching your head that thing because at the beginning of the the <sighs> i it's because guys i'm a single woman and i literally never am i never get touched by humans even before the pandemic but like you know at the beginning sometimes when you're at like a nice place and they just like put pressure around yes. your head yes like that and they kind of sometimes my one of my favorite things this is, is so this sad like, <laughs> i know this, this is, is so, so sad. upper middle class or middle class sadness right now <laughs> this is like not upper i like just thought about what i make uh so i had to put myself back yeah. down in middle class <laughs> we're not ramona we're not the one percent <gasps> um uh, 
I can't. Oh, I won't open up uh, Housewives here. Um, but no, sometimes when you do a facial, the or a lot of times they put like a little headband, kind of like the soft headband around your head to pull your hair back, and like it covers your ears. Oh, because you it's get just like so you get so horny with the ears. So <laughs> it's oh, your yeah. happy ending. You're right. That's probably why I like it. <laughs> it's your happy. For uh, newer listeners, I talks about how ears are a major erogenous. I mean, zone it's not me. crazy <laughs> to say that your ears are an erogenous zone. We've seen so many images of people like playing toying tickling why am i being disgusting right now <laughs> just ears that's a thing it's a thing it's not weird it's not weird S- sucking uh, kissing nibbling <laughs> tonguing down um well uh, have you been having a good weekend? I have been having a really nice weekend. I, I, we, you have it in here uh, on your notes to uh-huh. talk about Black is King. I watched it, loved it. <laughs> I also started uh, a series that I am so excited there. I didn't realize there's three seasons of it on Netflix. It is a German series called Dark. And it is, Ooh. if you like Stranger Things, The Outsider, um, um, what are the, the, the killing it is like missed it's all in german though so it's subtitles which actually i think is why i like it more i like watching foreign language things because it's the only way i will put my phone away you know this was how i became a terrorist mm-hmm. house head yes um was because i realized it was yeah it was the only it's way the only way which is I, crazy but i like was like uh, i would still try and then i would miss whole things and i kept rewinding and rewinding and i was like you can't yeah, just you can't do go both. charge your phone. I like will sometimes just put my phone like in another room, just charge God, it. Isn't that crazy? But it's That's so crazy. great. Um, it's about like oh, missing children, but there's sort of like a a paranormal element, which is why I said it's like the outsider, and it's just like great acting, even though it's in another language. Um, <gasps> yeah, the dark. The it's called dark. Ooh, just dark. Okay, because there's a few Ooh. things on Netflix that like are called like dark mystery or dark seduction or dark or like the darkness <laughs> it's like so it's just called dark and it's really great and there's three seasons so Ooh, I, I need a new show uh, i finished sopranos it's like, i have no life other than 90 day fiance and housewives i mean it's the only narrative <laughs> thing i'm watching right now so <laughs> that's what i mean i'm not watching anything narrative and i like am only watching lunatics yes but uh, it's, which is fine it's, honestly that's all i want to watch but can we just say a little bit about ronnie right now real housewives of new york is oh hitting God. it out of the dang <sighs> park i don't know how to articulate like what it means to me uh this show like i actually watched i hadn't watched because it wasn't on my hadn't appeared on my on demand so i actually didn't get to watch the latest episode till last night Um, what a treat though which was such a treat i never watch on saturday nights and it felt really wild you know when you watch your shows on different nights which is weird and sad um but I was having kind of a bad weekend because my yoga studio closed and I posted about it and I actually got a lot of really nice messages from our listeners. So thank you. Um, and I was feeling really spiraled about the pandemic and all of it and just like let the floodgates open and was really angry at everything for why this is going on so long. And I got to tell you, 
the housewives turned it all around. I yeah. truly was like laughing my ass off. I felt like I really opinionated. I had so many thoughts. Like then I watched the watch what happens after with Ramona, uh, which I is should with, go it's back. Brad, you go watch it. It's Brad Goreski and Ramona and Andy is so wild with Ramona and like makes her play the most truly embarrassing games she basically that call no her out as self-awareness like, though it doesn't bother her at all no no and everybody's like oh Ramona's having a really bad season and it's like she don't care she don't care but this isn't this isn't this is a insane season I I'm so grateful for it in my and life right now Beverly Hills just started pick just start you have to endure so much before it starts picking up yeah, it's it always goes like that because the women just don't bring it as hard as fast. They're just also I think it is always based on drinking and, and the way they drink. Yes, they don't drink <laughs> like, a lot because they want to preserve their facial features. Exactly. And New York is like Honestly. always hammer. <laughs> and you can really tell the people in Beverly Hills who have not preserved their facial features. The ones who are <laughs> drinking, you're like, whoa, it took a turn, girl. It took a turn. You thought you could fix some fine lines and you went. You became a, a blow up doll. I mean, guys, I it, this isn't a brag, but please remember at the end of last, was it last year? I don't even remember time. Um, my last Holly Weird show, I had Brandy and I talked about it and that face up close, I don't even think is as crazy as it is currently on the show and yeah, she's, up close that face i talked about it it's the craziest thing i ever saw she's done a lot more she, she's like a picasso uh, but i think like we've said that's that's a look that they are going for because it says yeah. money yes which is incredible oh i just yeah i feel very lucky for the shows that i have i feel very lucky and to that we have the housewives when you I run out down. if you run out i do recommend jumping into potomac there isn't I was just gonna text you and Trish this morning because tonight's the premiere right but if you wanted um, to go back and watch because I think you at least need to see season two on and I think this is only season four if I'm I could be I was gonna say it's newer right yeah but it's a lot newer I think season one was a bit of a sleeper so people didn't get as enthused about it but the women I think I tried with season one and then fell off I started with, but it does feel like it picked I started up. with season two uh, it's just hard to meet new people. The same thing. I think the same thing about every episode <laughs> of 90 Day, well, every new season of 90 Day Fiance, where I'm like, for five weeks, I'm like, I don't you? care about these boring people. And then you're like, oh, I see why they got cast. They got skeletons. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would recommend going back. Uh, if you wanted just to set it all up, you could watch all of Potomac. But season two on, there's just so many beautiful women. Okay. And there's like... They're so beautiful. There's a casualness and a grace when they fight. Like they can pull a knife out on someone mm. and be like, calm down. <laughs> like literally, literally a woman pulled and threw a knife at someone. Oh my God. Because the woman had the mildest of offense. My, the, truly nothing about... Uh, nothing about looks nothing about a child nothing about it was just about like oh your mom put the down payment on this house <gasps> and it was absolutely true it was not even incorrect she just didn't want people to say that 
<laughs> oh, very quickly. And then I, I know we got to get to news. Um, in that Watch What Happens Live, just because I know we have a, f- a fun crossover of uh, Bitch Sesh listeners, one of the games Andy played was with Ramona. It was all about how she has a horrible memory and doesn't remember anyone's names. Um, and he roasts her for how he, in that episode, she doesn't remember David Foster or Catherine McPhee's names. And she's like, oh, you, what, to, to Luann was like, you look like the older gentleman who married the young girl. I think that um, was on purpose. Me too. To not, yeah. And then, but so they played a game with that Andy set up where it was pictures of Ramona posing with. So she's in person with people and seeing if she remembered who they were. And it's insane because she doesn't remember like major celebrities, like doesn't really remember Michael Bolton's name. But then she remembers Jax immediately uh, from Vanderpump. And then there is a photo of her with Casey. (laughs) She's like, has no clue who Casey is. (laughs) She's like, and Andy's like, you were on watch what happens with, he's like, well, she's a super trying to give her hint like she's a big fan of housewives and she she was like why would i know that person then uh, <laughs> and she's it's so awful mean to casey and it's like and andy is like you were on the show with her and she's like i don't know her i don't know <laughs> it's, it's so hard to so tell with her weird. if she's being purposely insulting or if she's just um a, like a super rich woman who's like it's not my business but both and I think she also just has like a Swiss cheese brain like yes. I just think all her neurons are firing wrong and she's like been on too many meds something and about just like, the New York ladies they can drink and still look great and not even yes. Ramona's like the closest to overworked but yeah but not even she looks great I mean she looks great for that age you know like I would not be mad looking God, like that I would love an ugly fat housewife who's just so like they always like let like someone's gay sister on like you know like Rosie <laughs> in New Jersey but I want like an actual like married to a hot rich man and she's like look I've always been ugly let's talk <laughs> shit <laughs> normalize uh, ugly women <laughs> oh, this will be our calling this will be the the ripoff housewives we start <laughs> it's just so much easier to get mad at an ugly woman who's mean <laughs> it's people just do like let's bring it lady all right let's get into some news okay, okay. <laughs> oh can i say one last Absolutely. quick thing very quickly last week's episode was i will say it i was nervous because we talked a lot about um kanye obviously and i think marcy and i really wanted to do it justice and tried (laughs) very hard uh as humans to both like parse it with empathy and also not excuse it and i just want to say we got like some of the most moving messages about it um including a psychotherapist who wrote us i know uh, who wrote us and said we the way we approached it and talked about um bipolar uh, being bipolar was like made her really happy i mean not happy but she just thought we did a really good job um and then another woman who is bipolar wrote us and that was one that really moved me um because she talked about how which i thought was really interesting to hear speaking of housewives um that when like kanye's having an episode like this or it's in the news that as a bipolar person it gives you this like feeling of like am i next that's so Mm. scary and so but she talked about she just said really nice things about how we approached it and that she was able to enjoy the episode and that meant so much um obviously we're we're learning we're this is all really hard to 
talk about and parse and like not uh, belittle and make light of, but also hold adults accountable for yeah. the things that are happening. And I, it's not to pat ourselves in the back, truly to say thank you because those messages mean so much because we're real people. We have our own mental health stuff and views and uh, struggles. And, and I uh, think it's, it's just complicated. Important to start having conversations about mental illness that don't that aren't as ableist as we have previously. Yeah. Like not just us, but as a world, like so I got into multiple arguments in the past few weeks who with people who said Kanye shouldn't run for president because he's bipolar. And I was like, I don't think that's why he shouldn't run no. for president. I think anyone actually can. Other billionaires have. It's not like that out of yeah. the realm of possibility that uh, an eccentric billionaire would run for president. Uh, I feel like I've no. seen it before a few times in my life. <laughs> Honestly, Ross Perot looks like such a little cute man now, comparatively. <laughs> they all, all the worst political God. villains are now like sweethearts, Honestly, comparatively. When you, hear, <laughs> it, and when you hear his like political beliefs, you're like, that's not even that out there, Ross. I'm so sorry. I'm so we, sorry. Well, it's like how we talk about, people have pointed out like, we pretty much like vilified Howard Dean. Is that his name? For that funny yes. scream. And Whoa. it was like, oh, get out of here. You're I done. And it's like, believe. he screamed funny? No, maybe he had other problematic things like don't know anything right, about it, right. so I don't want to come on. Hard, I don't go hard for Howard Dean should have been our president, <laughs> but but we shredded him for that specific incident. Became like such a laughable moment, and it's like, wait, what? Or, or even like Al Gore <laughs> saying he invented. It's like, oh come on, that's such cuteness that he invented These the internet. Were different times, but my, we didn't know. My point is that like to say that someone having an illness of any sort prevents them from holding an office or from doing any job is I think we need to start looking at how how we talk about that stuff and that when we start seeing more high functioning quote unquote whatever like people managing their illnesses um it that's like a good thing for all of us we want that we want drug well, companies it, to do R&D of how we can have people how we can have better medication for people so they don't feel the need to go off of it like that's all part of a conversation because like that's a big part of this that we don't talk about is that drug companies don't do R&D for a lot of psychiatric medications they do the bare minimum they do a lot for depression because it's it makes so much money for them um they yeah. barely they haven't come out with new schizophrenia medication like they barely barely do that bipolar i think it's still one of those things they're like ah is it money making and it's all that's what it is all about so yeah there's not the same access for these people who are have different types of mental illnesses that like maybe someone who has i don't know diabetes might have or you know there's just it's a bigger absolutely the yeah. common the commonality of it which brings me i'm gonna actually I, I thought about this a lot in the past week and uh you know we're in this conversation about like normalizing mental illness mental health medication and i think because you've been such a trailblazer with this and i've been so inspired by it as i know a lot of listeners have and you were and have been a great resource for me uh i went on medication uh which was a really big thing for me Woo! as you know um Toward, closer towards the beginning of the pandemic in May, I went on Lexapro uh, and I was really scared uh, and I was like struggling a lot. Oh, I don't want to cry. Oh, um, but I think it's really like important to normalize. Yes. And I've like thought a lot about bringing it up on the podcast. And I think you've been such a like 
uh, important resource for listeners and maybe we'll cut all this, <laughs> but I think it's been like so hard. This has been such a hard time. Well, and I like was really struggling with like work and being in my apartment and having no outdoor space and losing the theater and losing so many people in my life. And I had you and have other friends who have like been uh, open and honest and an incredible resource. And I got to ask you so many questions. And I think like you are a person who has talked about it so much in a way that like I have always been in awe of, and I'm sure has meant a lot to a lot of listeners who've been, and we've gotten incredible messages um, or to you about having talked about it. And it's funny. I realized like I have so much personal stigma, even myself still. And it was a thing I had to like talk through in therapy. Like, why am I judging myself so harshly for needing this right now? Um, and there's a whole bunch of reasons, but there's still, even in my world and our world and that I realized that there was still a stigma that I was placing on it and not giving myself something I desperately clearly needed right now. And the, the nutshell is it's been amazing. Yeah. (laughs) It's helped me so much and I can't, and if anything, it was like heartbreaking to realize how long I had waited and how much anxiety I've carried forever uh, that I probably didn't need to oh. and that these exist out there. And like, that was the true grief that hit once. Like I kind of balanced out with, it was like, Oh my God, I've like lived so much life without uh, support that co- probably could have really helped me. I felt that same way. I felt that same way for, I was like, what would my twenties have been like? Had I oh. been on medication then, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm here now. It doesn't matter. Just And like my psychiatrist said, like what you've been able to do while dealing with major depression speaks to speaks to like, I mean, this is just me patting myself on the back, speaks to like the kind of person you are. And that like now that you have a baseline, you're just going to do so much. It's going to be so much better. And you've already had you already know what the struggle is to like to like have panic attacks to not be able to get out of bed like you already know that so now with like this extra help like you're gonna it's gonna be so good and there's nothing to like you know life is it's linear because we make it linear but it's not it's like there's so much more to this journey i'm rolling my eyes but like well and like you know I don't know. Just like you only know what you know. And I didn't know. And like it, it, it was just like very much on my mind as we've been talking about the Kanye of it all, which is just like, you know, there it's just like if if this could change anyone's life, if, if it could affect anyone to like think about it, because it was for me just that I happen to have close friends who have been amazing and made that feel possible to me. Uh, and has absolutely changed my whole life uh, in a moment I really, really needed it. And to the like, uh, the kind of um, like still being able to function of it all, like there's the demands are so high in holding together jobs and and to, not to compare myself to Kanye or you, but it's like, I can't imagine what it's like for like a billionaire superstar <laughs> celebrity yeah, with who is bipolar. And I don't, and I truly don't mean to conflate different s- kinds of uh, mental well, health. But and, and it is similar. Cause like, I think that what I talked about with you and that I've dealt with is that like the first medication I tried was, 
it helped a little bit. It had such negative side effects. And then the yeah. second one had such negative side effects. And then the third one had negative side effects. Not as bad, but... And then finally, on my fourth try, and then I've even tinkered with a fifth, but gone back to the fourth, I, like, found one that worked. And it was only because I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I just decided yeah. I would. And I was willing to try and I had a doctor willing to try with me. That's why I think psychiatrists are so much better than w- working with a GP because GPs kind of don't know yeah. the nuances as much as a psychiatrist would. Duh, like, you yeah. know, it's their field. But um, and that's the thing that I was saying about bipolar medication. There's not as much as there is like you. The, my psychiatrist yeah. is like, we will never run out of antidepressants. <laughs> There's so many. You guys. could live a hundred <laughs> lifetimes. We will find one. There's a lot of them. They spend a lot of money on this, <laughs> but they don't for others. For others, and I think that's part of why bipolar is hard to treat. Um, is because they don't like that. They don't like they don't like the feeling of that feels numb to them. So, it it's yeah. hard to say. Anyway, let's get into the news though, because we could talk yes, about mental health. I just forever. wanted to. We could talk about it for a long time. Thank you to my friend Marcy, uh, who I love very much. Thank you for being uh, and- for being so honest with everyone. I think that it is. It's, it, we gotta make it normal. Well, we'll jump in. Well, speaking of Kanye, uh-huh. um, so it continues. Um, Oof. It, so it, it feels like the, I mean, uh, the, the big thing is that he he's definitely like eased up a bit um, but, on Twitter. But, but he came I, back there to is, let you know that like, oh, I'm not I didn't change all my opinions overnight. I may be trying to apologize to some people, but I still have some very problematic things to say. <laughs> yes, there are very few tweets between last week and this week, but we'll just run through them quickly. This one. uh yeah. So he tweeted on the 31st. I cried at the thought of aborting my firstborn and everyone was so concerned about me. I'm concerned for the world that feels you shouldn't cry about this subject. That's tough. And then we have another tweet. There is a tactic of four D's. Distract, discredit, dismiss, to destroy. I am quite all right. Take a second to think about what is being projected here. Doesn't sound great. Well, also we he have, has that. It's that is incorrect. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It is the the four D's of propaganda, <laughs> and uh, he did get one of them wrong. Uh, <laughs> I about this. But I, let me see if I can find it. Let's see five D's of propaganda, uh, or the four D's. Sorry, four D's of propaganda is it's like the the Kremlin playbook kind of, um, and it is gosh, it is dismiss. <laughs> Okay. Dismiss, distract, distort. Oh, distort. And he dismay. And dismay. That's two of four he got wrong. But maybe he's making, (laughs) maybe he's rebranding. I mean, if anybody's going to make new propaganda D's. This guy, this guy (laughs) made Crocs again and acted like they were different. He rebranded Crocs and made them so expensive. Collector's items. They, he can rebrand propaganda. <laughs> He's going to make his own. Um, obviously, what's even wor- more worrisome is the, like, I'm quite all right piece of it. Also, the spacing on this tweet. Go look at it yourself. The spacing is terrifying. Sometimes the grammar will tell you all you need to know about somebody. <laughs> then we keep the train going. Same day. He tweets a New York Post article 
about uh, Margaret's Planned Parenthood removing Margaret Sanger's name from the, uh, its New York clinic. Uh, Margaret Sanger famously, uh, I, she, I think, oh God, I don't want to get it wrong because she has a really important history. Um, she, well, she's been accused of, by, for a lot of people of basically being connected to eugenics. Um, and there's this like conspiracy, well, there's a theory um, of Planned Parenthood being basically, which is what Kanye was speaking to, being like built on eugenics and a and a debunked quote about her basically, I think it was when she was opening clinics at a certain point, uh, wanting to, that her fear was that uh, it would be, it would appear that they were uh, leaning towards African-American like clientele more but the quote has been like pulled and used by right-wing conspiracy Mm. theorists many times um so that it reads like she was um but she's controversial but she was a birth control activist sex educator um she popularized the term birth control opened the first birth control clinic in the u.s and established the organizations that evolved into planned parenthood um Again, I, you know, I don't know that we need to like move into the into the whole. I'm sure there's a lot more about her like eugenics piece that I'm wrong about. Um, there's a lengthy piece on Wikipedia um, and I'm sure some of it is substantiated, especially back then. But um, still, we have Kanye tweeting that. Um, and then same day we have uh, a tweet that says over 22 million 500 thousand black babies have been aborted over the past 50 years. So that's where Kanye's at this week. You know, the thing is he's missing is that it was the choice of black women who are the most marginalized in our community and our, in our country, maybe across the world. And that's a big piece that he has never been able to, to pull into his narrative is that, this is about women more than babies. Um, well, you know, it's just the flattening of such a complicated topic. And I'm kind of fascinated. I mean, I'm truly disgusted, honestly, by by these tweets. Like, I think this is so dangerous for someone on his level and platform, obviously in the throes of an episode still to, to be tweeting about. I think he believes think that anyway, though. But I just think it's like, honestly, but if I take all of my own like political bullshit out of it, it's like fascinating given everything that is going on right now, every possible topic to like fixate on abortion. Um, I just didn't expect it. <laughs> like well, of all the things, if you had told me that, tw- that 2020 would bring, I just don't think I would think that Kanye would be tweeting for days on end about abortion. And I just, well, it's, it's, it fits with like, especially his like reborn thing. But I'm like, huh, I think more than okay. anything, it really speaks to his doubling down of like, you're not yeah. going to make a fool of me. You, yeah. What I said I said it for a reason, um, and I've had time to think about what that reason is. I didn't have a good one before, but now I got I found some research. So here's my reason because he I don't know that he did really think through what he was saying, but now he's like I have to have I'm thinking through it now, and I I do think there is like it's not nothing that he said people had a bigger issue with him crying, and I think that that was part of it. 
but there's something to that that why is it why does it seem like oh he's unhinged because a man has emotion right like that is truly like a big 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 part of this and it is toxic masculinity and i don't think he's on the fully right side of it but that and women are so guilty of it as well of like being like men shouldn't cry i hate to see like i was the dumb plastic surgery show i was watching this woman the surgeon was like "Ugh, i hate when men cried please don't cry it's like why what is wrong with everyone it's fine i know it doesn't make I, what you're I saying always, true, but they're having it processing. They're having an emotion. That's okay. Even in this week's episode, we'll get to it, but there's a scene with uh, Kim and Jonathan, and I've become very fixated. You see it a lot when people are like, don't cry. Stop crying, like in scenes with people. And I'm always like, what is this world where you tell people? I mean, I always know that, like, what that is supposed to sound like, like, but it is so, it's very common to be like, stop crying. Oh, don't cry. And it's like, to your, it's like, your body is crying. Just let somebody cry. Yeah. <laughs> what does it matter if someone is, it's about like I mean, the projection on you and, and the emotions you don't want to have to carry really hard and, and like, work to be like, I want to make you feel better. Like that's a hard yeah. thing to like stop in ourselves to be like, I don't have to fix you. Uh, we could just sit in this moment because you're going to have to, at some point, you might as well do it now. <laughs> to just let people express themselves but it is about like the, the it's about the you centering yourself in that moment and i do think that yeah there's a piece of it with kanye that is especially i'm sure as a like powerful black man the discomfort regardless of the topic in seeing him emote that strongly yeah um, i want to jump back very quickly just as a very quick uh addendum i did a quick scan. I I need to stand corrected and should not be talking about Margaret Sanger in, in full confidence. She definitely has a history of eugenics. Uh, <laughs> it's complicated. Uh, and uh, let's just assume that I don't know what I'm talking about all the time. Um, I just wanted to add that because I did like a very quick scan and was like, this well, is more complicated. But the issue is to say that the, because yes. of this one problematic person. Right is associated with or used to be associated with i mean good luck to find to find anything (laughs) in our culture that is not tainted by the humans who uh i got some bad news for you about the united states of america some pretty uh (laughs) problematic people uh are our founding forefathers so i mean everybody was like drinking coca-cola with cocaine in it and <laughs> like everybody's out of their fucking minds back then so yeah so like no one everybody's nuts but to <laughs> conflate that with planned parenthood is a eugenic organization today yes. yeah it feels unfair point. and incorrect um so whatever so those are his tweets but let's move to what we really care about which is kimmy yes so um, kim flew out to wyoming and oof. nasty nasty tmz who Ooh, I clicked photos. on a link. I did it, guys. And I will I sent it to you and Trish and I you saw I like spiraled. I sent them and was like, whoa. And then was like, oh, I feel really dirty. And then of course the photos were everywhere. But like I felt really gross sharing them just because they're so private. Yes, it's but that's how it goes. So Kim flew to Wyoming to we can only use like these quote unquote source from people um mm-hmm. to gather what she went there for but there are images of her and kanye in a suv and she is full on like i hope it doesn't become a meme like fully crying um 
like really she like as sad. if her diamonds fell into the ocean again <laughs> but but for <laughs> it is a, it's it is classic kim cry face yes, sad as it yes, is it is so <laughs> apparently she flew there to talk about the future of their relationship and to say that like she some sources from people so that's actually pretty good sources jess has told us in yeah. the past that Believe she it. went there to say you know that we're over and to say goodbye but apparently he still wants to fight for this um he is not fully understanding what she's saying she wants him to stop this presidential campaign um she's really torn because she doesn't want a divorce because um, she's a child no. of divorce and i think that really affected her um yeah. but at this point right now she's like she cannot move forward until Kanye gets help, whether it be move forward with fixing their family or move forward with a divorce because it's not, he's just not in a place where either things can happen. Yeah. And to the next story, it also sounds like they are living pretty, they're living separately in this moment, which is certainly not surprising, but uh, you know, they apparently, according to page six, which I would not put in the category of most trusted, but is not off the mark usually. Um, page six reports that they've been living separately for some time, saying that West lives full time at that $14 million Wyoming ranch, um, which he feels is best for his quote creativity, while Kardashian lives in LA with the kids and her family. Um, and, you know, and the source says Kanye's in Wyoming. That's his main base. But they're not like other couples. Obviously, they have multiple houses and private planes. So it's not like they're not able to see each other. Uh, Kim is completely focused on her family and protecting the kids right now. Um, I think this. Yeah, obviously. We talked about this <laughs> last week, though. Like, oh, the, the headlines of Kim considering divorce. And I, I, I think it is a real thing on the table. I think she's putting it out there to him to to as a yes. as a bargaining tactic it's like please please let's yeah. work on this now he doesn't want a divorce but he also is not in a place where he like he also is like well i'm not gonna stop running for president like he's not no. in a place to he never yeah. concedes no. you know like that's not a part of his in fact i think that's the most like trumpian piece and what he like loves about trump is he never a I mean, he apologized to Kim, so that's not totally true. But he rarely concedes, I think, and, and reverts his opinion. He's never doubled. He's never reverted on any of the MAGA or Trump. He'll sort of like move the line a little bit back, well, he, you know, and be like, but he, well, I was doing it because people said I shouldn't do it. He does. But he'll this, never be like, I was wrong. It's the same thing with the Planned Parenthood issue is that like he said something and now he is trying to figure out the best way to spin it so he's not incorrect yeah uh he it's just very him but um so we're kind of but here's what i think i think no matter what well here's what i'm so curious even if she were to divorce him i don't think it would be an overnight no. i think this would be a long separation uh and i think it would there, I, I unless they truly think like he says or does something that like will truly ruin kim's career uh i think that that's if, unless it really hits that which to be honest the north abortion stuff is very close in my mind but i think that they will do a long separation 
uh, before they like ever until we I don't think we're going to my point being I don't think we're going to see like a I mean Kanye and Kim file for divorce anytime Chloe and Lamar had papers yeah filed but not signed for years years it's why she was fully his wife and in charge of all his health care and medical care when he overdosed yeah because they were still married yeah and I so I don't think there I just cannot that's what I mean. Unless she needs the public approval, but she that badly. She don't. She's got millions of dollars. It's fine. That's what I mean. Is unless it would veer into like everybody runs and you know throws their KKW beauty palettes and skims on a bonfire kind of level. But that's the thing about being having almost a billion dollars is even if they do. They can't take away the money they've already given you. That's true. It's That's so true. Like, Which is exactly where Kanye is right yeah, now. Like, like to right? say like, oh, it's gonna hurt her. It's like you can't take a billion dollars away from someone if they have it already. Like that's not like, <laughs> you know, like she's got it. That's money. I mean, maybe Which, it is. Maybe it is like evaluating the worth of her companies and stuff. But even still, she's not gonna like walk away being like, oh God, I lost a billion dollars. Like, sh- well, especially because we also know she's been late she's been leaving the breadcrumbs of ending the kim kardashian era to be a lawyer so i mean i'm sure the plan has always been to sell these companies off sooner than later so that she can like i always imagined sort of by early 40s uh that she would in like in basically in the next five years that she would flip the switch and sell everything off and then whatever this plan is lawyer wise you know better reasoning than seeing this go on so publicly to be like i don't have to do this shit anymore yeah like, i don't need photos of me crying with my husband so for my kids to like, find later yeah after he's like been report i mean the public piece of it i can i cannot imagine the exhaustion of like which is obviously what's fueling it on Kanye's end. But like, yeah, I just, uh, all of this makes me think she is probably inching. We know Kim loves fame and celebrity. It's a part of this week's uh, vintage app. Um, I thought it like dovetailed really interestingly, but yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I will. I'm, I just don't think we're going to, I think people are kind of like waiting on like the big announcement and I could be, and very likely will be a hundred percent wrong, but I just don't. No, no, I just don't think we're going to see it. I think it will be long, quiet, private, and then maybe at some point we'd hear about it. Yeah. Um, um, did we talk about Larsa last week? We did, but okay. I just saw this story about Larsa. We talked about, we talked about Larsa um, God, and how we had we slept on uh, the okay. whole thing. But um, so this is a quick one. Larsa is obviously on the outs with the family followed by everybody uh you know being looped into this story about having she was maybe the first to have had a some sort of situation with tristan before jordan um so larsa just apparently can't (laughs) keep her mouth shut and larsa tweeted i agree with this statement by the way but in response to all the abortion tweets larsa tweeted if you don't have a uterus you shouldn't have a say which hey Larsa, I'm with you. Uh, I agree. Uh, I was. You should probably. <laughs> go ahead. I was just. Well, go ahead. You can finish that sentiment. I was just like, but also, no one wants to hear from you right That's now. That's what I was gonna say. I, I feel like my before I didn't read the article, so I was like, Larsa weighs in, and I was like thinking, what a fucking loser. But then I'm like, oh, you know what? 
I do think this is important, especially if you want to distinct, like if you want to distance your, yourself from someone who you think is very problematic, like sometimes you got to speak out because guess what? When you are associated with people who then come down on something that you don't believe in, but yeah. you don't tell people about, well, guess what? We just assume that you are co-signing them and that's unfortunate. Like, yeah. Um, and he had, I forget exactly what he said, but in his like barrage of tweets from a few weeks ago, he had mentioned her. Um, so yeah. So Larsa weighing in, keeping her name <gasps> oh, in the press. He mentioned her about the, in regards to the Tristan of it all. That's why he didn't oh, say it directly, okay. but that's how we even got the story of Tristan. Oh, that's right. So she's like, okay. pow, pow, <laughs> slingshot. <laughs> also, don't forget about my active wear line. <laughs> Gosh, she still one of the best statements I saw. That, that was a very good. She's th- like, uh, I wake up and people are talking about me and I'm only worried about my kids and my active wear. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, Larsa. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty kanye out. So we'll just bre- basically the headline is also he had talked about two Fridays ago that the Donda album was going to come out. It hasn't. He released cover art. We know his albums tend to come out if they come out very late, not on time. Uh, and he is still pushing forward on trying to get on the ballot in a few states and is this week trying to like rush to get these signatures, I think, in Ohio and a few other places. I so. guess he's trying to get in those uh, swing states, which, you know, but here's the problem is that. It doesn't hurt. Like, I think at first people are like, he's going to hurt Joe Biden. I don't think that's true. I think the polling has shown <laughs> that it kind of hurts Donald Trump a little bit. Yeah, I'm not Not a lot, worried. but just very, very, <laughs> very minuscule. Um, he, I don't think he's pulling votes. I just don't think he's I pulling I want him votes. to be well. I want him to get well. I'm also not worried about his effect on the election. Uh, and that's not in a mean way i just i also I think, just think he's doing all the work himself to take himself out of the running as any serious i think he potential. might possibly be doing just the donald trump playbook of like midway through in a campaign jump in the race like donald trump did uh, a couple yeah. uh, elections ago and then yeah. pull out and be like well that i wasn't really going to do it and then have a full like campaign later it's what but i don't know that that's going yeah. to happen for him um, but it would make sense that he would be like following before, the playbook. Yeah. Yeah. He clearly looks at him as like the archetype that he is really modeling himself Oof, after. But. Guys, find better role models. <laughs> you know, Enough. I can't think of anything worse. I was just, I've been thinking, I've been listening to, you must remember this, about Polly Plath, who was married to Peter. Oh, a wonderful podcast, by the way, hosted by Karina Longworth. If, if you guys are ever looking for a great old Hollywood podcast. I love it. And this one about Polly Plath is so interesting. Uh, she was married to Peter Buck. Bogdanovich (laughs) you got it you got it it directed the last picture show which was one of like you know great pieces of cinema in our history um but after they divorced he he famously during the making of that movie cheated with Sybil Shepard and then she Mm. kept she kept working with him Polly did they were partners and he never made a great movie like that afterwards and she went on to work with many directors who did make great movies and who really gave her a lot of credit saying that she should have like she should have been a director she, but it was just a time in history when women weren't doing that yeah um what was my point in all this where did i start jess <laughs> where did i start uh, tr- following oh, so the trumpian model i've been thinking a lot about all tours because of this mm. the idea that like one person 
is so great and they've made so much and that is just such a fallacy even like talking about like black is king which we didn't really get into i'm sorry we skipped past i could dedicate a whole podcast i think beyonce (laughs) is wonderful but to give any person all of the credit for making a thing is just like incorrect Uh, that's why when you watch hers to watch the T- the credit sequence at the end it is a oh, million so names it is a million names it's 12 directors it's so many and <laughs> we were laughing at like how many directors are listed and it's amazing and yeah it, it's she, how it should be she purposely does that she started doing that yeah. on her first visual album where she gives credit to every single person because if one thing that beyonce is good at it's having taste for finding people who have good taste and lifting them up yes and especially more like younger less exposed like women people People of color like it is you can tell like a point of pride and it has been said about kanye like he is a genius but he doesn't do all like it's not by himself he works with so many no. people and yeah. this idea of the auteur um the oh you can't this brilliant mind that you you, you cannot question it's like well that's probably not true there's probably no. so many people that because they're talented are working with them but they're working back with them because they're also very talented it's not like a bunch of losers around yeah. this one genius being like i don't know how he pulled it off that's not how <laughs> it works it's talented people no, working with takes, talented people it's it truly takes a village it, it is just not possible for an like the concept of an auteur yeah, is but just the Kardashians like saw, someone saw a cash grab and like worked with chris and then chris eventually realized she didn't need that person to like run stuff yes yeah and they and you can crystallize and it can be something that only one person could have uh concepted but the, the pieces that make it actually accessible to the world and uh it, yeah there's just too many and anybody think- that works even in like this even in the sense of like what it takes to make 22 minutes of television what it makes in my world to make like a 60 second buzzfeed video like you would everyone would be which is not on the level no. of auteurs but like well it's this e- the, the quickest thing you learn in and we're not like big hollywood players but it's like is how many people it takes to make the smallest like one minute of television one minute of internet video one minute of music like it is so tedious but just, you could never believe i just want us to like for a moment just sit in how funny it is that the people who get the credit are the ones who didn't create it usually like an actor <laughs> you're like yes like yes you you're char- like i was thinking about uh the like how much i love helen hunt and i'm like she's great but also the things that i love her in like someone else did that like they just well i was, <laughs> i don't know why I, helen hunt is the abs- person i'm burning in this but like the idea that people have <laughs> idols that you're like your idol's an actor do you know like that that's just like and the act- a little piece of the reason you like them is like and the actor is usually for creative projects the last piece is is the actor is is casting i am obsessed with that fact and the fact that because we celebrate actors more than we celebrate writers and directors and and the people that create things uh i always think it's so uh like brutal how um actors are the ones who voice the project who go on all the talk shows who go on today's show and are like oh it's the story of a young girl it's not their choice that's not that's just Uh, part of their job description is they have to and they don't like doing it either and they don't want that they (laughs) understand like and i'm not saying this because i'm a writer like truly in the writer's room they were like like when we go to work on our zoom there's 19 people and like that's how many brains it takes to like 
<laughs> it's just so funny to me that like to your black as king in the credits piece it's like that is the way our, it's it's structured and actors are personable and charismatic and we care about them so they end up also having to be the voice of everybody uh, that made a thing yeah. and I always think like if you were the writer or you were like you watch it be filtered through uh, sometimes you know a brain and a person who like can barely get it out uh, and it's just a strange process it's just and a strange piece of the way that creative pieces are put out in the world some of the, my some of the best actors are people who are very <laughs> they're empty vessels and they can really take things <laughs> on <laughs> and and they're nice and they're kind or they're hardworking or they're able to get a great body like they, something about them is special yes of course they have incredible skin <laughs> okay, no matter what okay we're uh, i love actors i love, I love actors, actors too so. but the idea that any one person is like without like you like they're, they they must be protected at all costs it's like well they're probably great and they're way but also know that a lot of other people help them get that way so uh and that Absolutely. really is it relates to this family perfectly um all right kendall got kendall uh, this one i'm excited about uh kendall's house got the ad treatment Ooh. this is a big marker in this family um when they they renovate their homes as we know uh, and then they do the big unveil. They have a great relationship with Architectural Digest. Um, I believe, What? Let, let's see, has Kim, we know Courtney has. I think Kim, Courtney, and Chloe have all done it, and Kylie. So Kendall might be the last of the sisters and to get her own spread. She does have the smallest house, but I actually think it is the best. She has the best taste. The best. Um, oh, she has great taste. Um, I, this house is gorgeous. I think go, I love this house. Go check out the video on Architectural Digest. Yes. Um, some of my like favorite parts are she has. I love her kitchen. I've said it before. I'm obsessed with her kitchen. I love her bathroom. She does have a fifty-two thousand dollar gold-plated <laughs> tub, which I think is. Uh, I think that's a little over the top, but uh, whatever, whatever. It's a little much. What twenty-four-year-old doesn't need? A $52,000 Also, it should be said that she is living in a renovated version of Charlie Sheen's old home, which I think yes. is awesome. I was saying that I, I would be terrified to think about what all has happened. I mean, I hope that pool uh, was drained and disinfected. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Marcy, I just realized. There's so many playmates have been in that pool. And I bet so many, well... So many will in the future. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's a, a definite overlap. Um, I was just realizing that I dreamed. One of the parts that is really cool is that she, in the video, you see she has a piece of art from the acclaimed artist James Terrell, who does these sort of like sculptural light pieces. And so it's this like pink oval uh, on one of her walls. I dreamed last night that someone gave me this. I just realized <gasps> oh. <laughs> that someone gave me Kendall's pink oval. And I was like, I don't have space for this. <laughs> I cannot I also, take down any of my tiki stuff. <laughs> I have a lot of tchotchkes that cannot be moved for this giant $750,000 glowing orb. <laughs> now, someone, uh, I think you sent me the article that art, yes. art uh, snobs were... Art Digest or what art... It was like art... Net. One 
of the main art magazines was dragging Kendall in this very snooty way because she bought this at Art Basel, I believe, because she's been going. It was all about trying to legitimize her like art interests and that she has a lot of like she has some like pretty impressive pieces of art in this house, including the Terrell. And um, but this art magazine took her down a peg by pointing out that she actually put it the wrong way up. It's supposed to go on its side. Look, when you can buy an almost million dollar piece of art you can hang it sideways because you paid that money on it once you buy something you can actually use it however you like ever you want and you can do whatever you nothing want nothing could be more snobby and and like grotesque than being like you hung a wrong. like maybe you hung it maybe wrong. she's an artist now that's her art is hanging art wrong that's, that's how she well, expresses we s- herself we saw her painting room which i'm very oh, jealous i of. loved I her being like so fun it's terrible i liked it they showed it on an episode and i was like i'm yeah. into this art room and I she's like we watched room. <laughs> i love that she's like we watched we put on an nba game i was like yeah you're looking for cute boys you're like picking out <laughs> boyfriends you're like oh i like that i was gonna say point guard but i know she's not going for a point guard she likes a tall man because she's tall so uh she's going for some like uh guards she's going for some forwards uh (laughs) (laughs) just looking at boys painting (laughs) figuring out whose publicist you're gonna reach out to yes yes oh my gosh Um, it's really fun she got dragged a little for um rightfully there's a great part where she is this is you just watch the video but she's showing off her glam room and she's like all my sisters ever all the women in my family have great glam rooms which is just an incredible statement that only only a kardashian jenner could say uh, uh and then she i <laughs> think all the housewives do <laughs> oh you're right yeah and all of, and um and all of beverly hills and every rich and woman um, i guess my sister maybe now too <laughs> i don't know like it's just a thing now <laughs> i guess everyone but us <laughs> <laughs> Um, but she's like pointing out her glam room and she's like, what's so great is that it has its own door that I put in. So my glam team doesn't have to like walk through the whole house. I'm going to defend this. I think it is a good idea. Do you know how much security this family has to have? Do you want a bunch of like makeup art? The most gossipy people on any set is a hair and makeup. (laughs) The hair and makeup are always telling people secrets. You don't want them walking through your house saying she lives in (laughs) filth. Like they're already going to say when you stink you know you can't handle that <laughs> i agree i think you're right and also i just thought it was so funny to make it sound like it was good for them being like this is and for them it's so great that they aren't allowed in my house <laughs> <laughs> uh, my parents had a home office and when they built their like nice fancy house they had a separate entrance and mom and dad were like this is great so people don't walk in our house and like yeah they can't like because you never know who you're bringing in there like they have other people you can't like she's like i don't want people walking through my kit and the granite kindles not have children but my mom her thought process was i don't want people walking through my house and seeing my personal things or seeing my kids and so oh i would literally do the same oh like i think it's so smart but i just it's so funny nothing (laughs) is more embarrassing than when you have like a like someone like an electrician or a plumber come over and they have to like walk through a dirty part of your house you're like i'm so sorry i should have cleaned for you (laughs) why i'm failing (laughs) so i will defend her um i'm with you um out of the interest of time let's just 
yeah we can i'm happy to skip these unless there's any more here i just think the interesting thing is the courtney and scott courtney and scott are they're holding it down they are familying up which is really great she courtney has stepped up in other people's times of crisis in a way that i think is very big of her like she's taken connects to the episode yeah she's taken kim's kids on vacation she and scott are like she's making sure scott's cool scott looks great they're out in malibu yesterday getting some coffee yeah just the two of them i think right uh i'm sure the kids were somewhere nearby because they've they've been having like beach vacation but staycations in california because she's the more responsible one so on her instagram there's a a picture of her new best friend addison ray so funny so addison Addison ray could not be smarter to befriend courtney kardashian while trump is about to ban her only way of making money tiktok (laughs) yes so she's like i have to jump off tiktok i'm going another direction let me befriend some kardashians so in this picture it says my husband's girlfriend and i exchanging stories and it's them laughing overlooking the ocean um and that's because people like posted pictures of Scott doing a TikTok with Addison Ray, who is 19 years old, a uh, full year <laughs> younger than his ex-girlfriend. Oh God, you're right. Um, <laughs> but, but Mason, we found out that Mason is the end there. Mason's a big fan of hers uh, on yep, TikTok. And Mason loves it. And if you're, like we said last week, if you're Mason, you get to say, mommy, mommy make her come live with get us. Get her for me. I like her. Get Bring her into our home. <laughs> bring her bring her me. Um, so <laughs> so yeah um, but I like that Courtney kind of has like a tongue in cheek like I'm like people keep saying she's back with Scott. People are saying Scott's with Addison Ray. so she's like oh my hanging out with my husband's girlfriend and uh, you know I'm liking this side of Courtney these days. See how f- I like this vibe. See how fast we turn we are two faced as hell. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then last but not least, before we hop into the news, uh, I didn't put it in here, but it was MJ's birthday and they had a beautiful party for her. And only happy, <laughs> happy 89th or what is it? 84th. 80, I just looked it up. 86. 86. I couldn't tell where it was, but they like brought up her. They, it was really cute. The post was like they got everyone tested because she's been, it sounds like really quarantined, which makes sense yeah. given her age and everything. But um, that they got everybody tested. They brought up her friends. They brought up her favorite piano player oh. from uh, La Jolla. Um, and it just looked really lovely. And we love MJ. MJ was responsible. She wore her mask because she's like, no. Yes, I noticed that too. And all those other like, jerks please. are like, no, not me. Because guys, Kylie's like, I'm going to Nobu. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, also, guys, just because you test negative one day doesn't mean that you won't have it the next day because the virus doesn't present. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going crazy Uh, over people's public. uh, I have to say, though, right now I am in a phase of this pandemic where everyone seems more relaxed and I know more people personally than ever that have it. So that is, you know, I I have coworkers who have, you know, close family members. I have close family. Like, it's just like it's it's it happening i was telling away. you right right before we were talking before we started recording i told marcy i caught up with one of my dear friends in new york who who had covid uh for three months uh is still not better has had it since february or she's better but is not recovered and described losing what it's like to lose your sense of uh taste and smell and it sounded so much stranger and aw- more awful than i could have imagined um and also just all of it all of that that was even not even the tip of the iceberg in terms of the scary health stuff it's real anyways yeah. um you know that 
so wear your mask um okay let, should we get into this episode yeah so we are <sighs> watching let's see this is uh courtney and chloe take miami even though it's kim now it's season two is it episode eight man in the mirror boy they really are always <laughs> right on the nose so <laughs> So we're, we start off on our yacht with our friend Lauren. Oh, love this beginning. <laughs> who, who is Lauren? Why does she have a yacht? Is she live in? No, no, no context. She's just Lauren and her she's yacht. She's living on that <laughs> yacht. It has like velvet curtains. It is like the, the oldest. It is like truly like it's you can tell it's like someone in her family. It's not hers, but yes, it has that yes. decorated by an 80 year old look. <laughs> yes. An MJ yacht. It's a real MJ <laughs> yacht up though. MJ has always been a woman of the people. <laughs> that is true. You're so right. So Scott was <laughs> supposed to join them, but he was out partying too late. So he literally missed the boat. He didn't come home till six guys. That's too late. <laughs> I don't judge a lot. Uh, about how people spend their lives or how late they're out. I've definitely been out that late before and I promise you it was a mistake. Look, I'm going to put it in a little <laughs> bit of context. Even though I think Scott is definitely in the wrong, he is also 24 years old. Is he 24 at this time? Because he's what, 34? always forget. He's 34 now and it's been a decade. <gasps> that really is important to remember. I did not realize he was this I young. God, he had a baby at 24? Yeah, yeah that's the like tricky part of it is that... Uh, that's important. You're right. Yeah, yeah. He. I mean, I certainly was waking up on a train at 24 <laughs> uh, in New York City. Uh, Honestly, 25, 26 weeks. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm just all full of a... Uh, in a house full of glass and I got all these stones and I'm just not ready ready to start throwing them <laughs> no that's actually a huge revelation <laughs> i i i that is like i am having like a barrage of images of my choices at 24 <laughs> and i'm like, uh, like oh no <laughs> was i stay was i staying with a friend in long island and we got off the train to stop early so i could pee on the train tracks <laughs> in the in january in new york <laughs> Ooh, oh, yeah. God. Okay. Good. Good point. Good point. <laughs> so we also find out that Kim is trying to privately deal with her breakup with Reggie um, on camera. It was yeah, on camera. <laughs> well, it's not going to come out for a couple more months, so it's private. <laughs> um, apparently, he really hates paparazzi and therefore does not accept her life because her life is paparazzi. And he got out when he knew he should because, uh, honey, it only got worse. Oh yeah. Uh, if you didn't like Kim's life at this point. Uh, yeah, it was never going to get easier. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because <laughs> uh, it's like Lauren, they have a toast and it's like to the future, you know, and like, well, who knows what will happen? Uh, and her friend's like, who knows what's going to happen in the future? <laughs> and it's like uh, a lot more of this. Um, <laughs> more than you could ever imagine. This is not the peak. <laughs> No, this is not even. You are literally at the base. Chevin could <laughs> like, have never imagined where we'd be. Honestly, maybe he's the only person who did imagine it. We'll get there. I think Chevin is the real voice of reason in this whole. <laughs> Chevin app. I has been him. wearing a wig for for thirty years. <laughs> I realize in this episode he's definitely been wearing a wig for a long time. He might be the first wig of the show, uh, <laughs> which has become now nothing but wigs. It's a wig <laughs> fest over there. So we go back to the condo. Kim, Courtney, Mason. They enter. And they immediately smell weed. And mm-hmm. Inspector Kim is on it. She's like, it smells like weed, right? Doesn't it. it smells like weed? <laughs> I smell weed. I smell weed. She's like, I don't like. She's like me. Yeah. Is that weed? Is that weed? <laughs> ew, ew. Get it out. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I don't like people. I don't like live like this with people all in my space. 
God, love it. I love how I love Kim's whole vibe this whole episode, by the way. But but then it's, it's sort of like almost feels kind of hijinksy at the beginning. And then it really turns. Yes. And this feels really real. Absolutely. And we kind of don't really understand what's happening till afterwards. But it's like basically Courtney goes in the bedroom to where Scott is sleeping to figure out like where's the weed coming from who came over and we just hear with the door closed like a really crazy fight starts suddenly yeah you can like hear that it's like an actual fight that physical yeah they got a little physical and Courtney runs to Kim's room and locks the door and we don't know how much time passes but they pack up Mm -mm. and leave and as they're leaving they hear glass breaking so they're out of the condo and then producers break the fourth wall, which are the yeah. best moments in reality television when oh, a producer bless. has to get involved. Oh, when I see producer colon at the bottom of my screen, oh, <laughs> you're like, thank God. I thank love God. when we have to hear from some like in the fight where a lot of producers oh. were involved in the Courtney and Kim fight. <sighs> bless the highlight of every of everything. But yeah, this is scary. Not to make light. Yes. So the producers break their fourth wall because Scott is bleeding everywhere because he has punched a mirror and he is just like gone on a rage and is just it's crazy. So like scary. it's very scary. Yeah. He fully. Yeah. He's there's like spattered blood all over the floor of the bathroom from punching the glass shattered all over the floor. It's so dark and so scary. And it's not really until. We then see him at the emergency room. He's on the phone with, I guess, a friend, Rashid, and talking about it. And and he's like, and that's when I'm like, oh, he's so drunk. Yeah. He's like, I mean, obviously, if he's punching uh, mirrors and stuff, but like you, he's fully slurring. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not the perfect it's guy. It's like, that's not and- even on the table right now. We're not talking about, <laughs> we're not having a well, Mr. Guy contest. It's like- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are not a contender. You did not make it for, past the first round, Scott. You're not. <laughs> You're just a guy right now. <laughs> so in the car, Courtney is telling him what happened. And apparently she walked in the room. She was yelling Oof. at him. Why does it smell like weed? Understandably, she's got kid, a, ch- a baby with her baby. He throws the covers back, jumps out of the bed. He grabs her by the arm. She slaps him across the face. So in this moment Oof. even though later she says she's never seen the side of him i like just in my gut i'm like this is not the first time he's gotten physical with her i had the same feeling mm-hmm. i was just like she's not shocked enough and that's not an allegation yeah. but it's like it's it's like it feels not shocked enough is the wrong way to put it it feels like a thing she's just seen before maybe not to this level right um, right but yeah 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 and not a judgment on her because he's out of line yes um, and then they go to then, rich lauren's they're like we have to go to lauren's house i was like you cannot call a boat a house okay i love so hard they're like back to lauren's house and i was like they're on a boat again oh, boat. <laughs> like, the last the boat thing her house the last thing carney needs is paparazzi to find out about this is like guys <laughs> we are are we is it like the truman show and you guys can't see the cameras <laughs> also is the worst thing paparazzi or that your uh, baby's father is punching glass and bleeding and uh like anyways anyways yeah. we we get um then they go back eventually to the condo and 
it's a mess yeah it's total it's really scary there's bloody towels there's shattered glass but a very funny line jess <laughs> i know you clocked know. it too oh my god is that blood on the serena and lily sheets <laughs> <laughs> yes i wrote it down oh my gosh <sighs> so it's it's oh it's so it's so chaotic so he's at the hospital still He's texting Courtney with his one just good hand. Excuses. Only one. Yeah, with his <laughs> guys, and he's, he's like, begging with one hand. I will say, when I saw Scott's face when he got the biggest shot in the world, Oof. I was like, I kind of would forgive him. I understand why Courtney like, just watching him be like, <laughs> it's a really, by the way, like we get some truly graphic shots of Scott's hand this whole episode. I really hate it when I get uh, an. Un, like when I get um, when someone doesn't warn me that I'm about to get some yes. surgery shots I was like what is this botched this is the wrong show uh-uh. guys I do not need the zoom of like full needles going I mean we'll get there but we he's texting her guilting her being mm-hmm. like this is where this is there's so much uh, manipulation by Scott Ugh. born out of addiction born out of uh, like alcoholism born out of all of it but it it's is- really important to note it because he is this is these are the levers that get pulled in these moments and it's so brutal to watch courtney experiencing it with narcissism it is so hard it's like a real chicken or the egg it's like it did the addiction come first or did the narcissism come first or doesn't does the addiction like is it like the band-aid for the narcissist i don't know it's like a it's a lot to unpack and and courtney is just like crying that she she can't do this she can't be with some drunk douchebag that runs around at the clubs at four o'clock in the morning and kim is like look this is why we don't like him it's not because he doesn't have money or a job and i was like oh i don't know this was i've ever thought of it in those terms that courtney is assuming they don't like him because he's not up to their caliber i thought this was such an important scene with kim and court where like they're both crying it's really sincere it's sisters in like a really important moment and kim trying to say no court it's not because of that it's because there's something really dark about him that makes us really uneasy there's this thing this is it because courtney's talking about how she texts him at 4 a.m to be like where are you why are you not home and he's like i'm making business deals which we've seen him do on the show and like so we're watching a kind of come to Jesus moment for Courtney and she's like I love I can't do this anymore and Courtney's Um, like I'll be there to support him as a friend but I can't be with someone like that I'm like wow a decade later and this we have (laughs) not made progress one of three children has been born at this point (laughs) a decade later and she finally did what she said it took her fully 10 years or I guess eight years to be like, Slow okay, moving. remember what I said in, in episode eight? I'm doing it now. <laughs> oh my God. But she did it. Um, so so then we get this conversation. Scott calls. It's this really sad conversation. He apologizes. And he's really, he seems like he's having his rock bottom. He's understanding it. He's like, if I don't figure this out, I've got nothing left. I even scared myself. And Courtney's like, I love Mason more than I love you that you know it's not about you anymore crying crying it's so sad but then basically but then we get the last line which makes me know that he's full of shit and still not there mm-hmm. he says mm-hmm. i won't bother you anymore until i fix yes. it yes yes 
very key. We're not. We think we're hearing him acknowledge that he gets it, that they're, he's going, that they're breaking up, that she needs space. But you are right, my friend. So he checks into a hotel. The Fountain Blue. Um, no, not the Fountain Blue. That's where Chebin is. <laughs> yeah, the Viceroy. Yes. Yeah, this is a real who's who of fun Miami hotels. Um, he's, we see him check in. Meanwhile, Kim uh, goes to visit Chebin, who's in town, staying at the classic Fountain Blue, where I might have stayed myself, guys. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, no, Kim looks rough. I've never seen her yeah. with bags under her eyes. I know. And she... Uh, of course, she's crying about herself and not her sister <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, she's hung up on her like one and a half kids at 30 <laughs> mantra. But I love this scene because she's kind of she's boohooing. You know, her greatest fear is I'll never find anyone that'll accept my life. I thought at 30 and again. And Jonathan's like, yeah. And also when you were imagining that, you also imagine that you would be a superstar with people drool over making like money hand over fist, like pointing out like, yeah. And also you became a fucking celebrity. Now, this is the Kim. distinction that we earlier we said sometimes you have to let people cry, but when they're when there's actually like when they're going through like mourning and grieving but when they're trying to make themselves feel worse about something that's not yes. true it is yes. then fine to be like excuse me <laughs> did you ever think that this would happen you're a superstar and everyone's drooling over you we're gonna have you hitched like, with a kid in a few years and i was like okay fine i get why chevin's around he is actually what you want good. in a best friend yeah kim needs that and she he really does point out that yeah she's on a rocket ship to the moon she's because her fear is about like not just being single but that she's not going to find someone who accepts her life we know she does obviously that becomes very complicated but she does find somebody <laughs> no, who understands her unfortunately, life unfortunately her well. perfect match is uh not a perfect person but <laughs> no one is no one is so no one is. um so but go ahead go ahead oh yeah so then we find out um that Scott calls Courtney and he needs surgery. Tendons are snapped. Joints are broken. Uh, and you're like, okay. And then we see the door can push open. Yes. He asks if Courtney will pick him up after surgery. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. So then we cut back to Kim and she's in a Maserati and she's like, oh yes, my life is fun. <laughs> oh my God. I, yeah. This fabulous life montage of Kim remembering she's Waving famous. Waving at people as she drives down the drag in Miami in, a, in her borrowed it's, Maserati. <laughs> it's so funny her being like i'm gonna be single forever cut to jk i'm fabulous i forgot <laughs> thanks jonathan <laughs> then we get these disgusting shots of scott's hand in surgery also the conversation with the doctor beforehand where she's like how's the family and he's like um no one's really talking to me maybe mommy will feel bad for me and i was like yes yes he is honest in this moment um yeah and then he really loved when he got that drip in his arm he was happy as and then he makes some joke that i couldn't hear or they bleeped it about like good thing i jerk off with my other you hand in it. front of all the nurses yeah, absolutely okay, i was like i didn't know if and the nurses it's funny though because the nurses aren't like ha, ha, ha. they're like Yikes. the doctor laughs so hard though she's like ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> i put up with this even though i went through medical school being what a, am i doing on a reality honestly, show being someone who operates on hands is maybe like 
as close to a brain surgeon as you can get because oh, the hands the are pressure. so delicate and like there's so many parts of it. So uh, show her, show her some respect, Scott. Um, but then we get this insane moment where Courtney is uh, it, back at the condo, announces she's gonna go pick, visit Scott in recovery, and is being a huge fucking bitch to Kim about oh, it. Gosh, by the way, because she's like, I know you don't get it, but I'm gonna see Scott. You don't get it, and then Kim, you don't get and it. Kim in the and best sister move is like, I'll go with you. And what does that bitch say, Jess? <laughs> it's not a fashion show. <laughs> Tells her to hurry up and get dressed because it's not a fashion show. You mean you can feel her like defensiveness yes. so on display because she knows this is like not what she should be doing. And Kim is so and smart to be like, I'm not letting you go alone. I know how <sighs> this is going to play out. What a sister. And so they drive there and the whole drive, Kim is being a true blue and is asking her like why are you doing this why are you doing this if you want what's best for you and mason and him you won't go in there because they're like i think parked at the hospital yeah and they're sitting and it's this like critical moment of like are you you, pointing out like this is not what's best for you guys like trying to snap her out of this rhythm with her and scott something has to be different this time and it it works she's like yeah right let's go puts the car in reverse and i love it kim so quietly good choice it's a good choice (laughs) it was my choice and it was a good one (laughs) it's so great kim is a hero such a great scene and they're good sisters they're really good sisters they're good sisters and and we have courtney saying he needs to learn from his mistakes the only way that's gonna happen is if i stand firm they leave and then we get this nasty little scene. I mean he just fucking proved everyone's point and granted he is still high from pain medication but he calls he's such a manipulative shithead and he's like I don't have any friends or family to be with me like you do I guess you're in a different place in your life than I am and then and she's being she's holding Mason Mm -hmm. their baby holding her sleeping their sleeping baby and he is oh he's just feeling so sorry for himself again a really important part of addiction like that's the key piece and we know he's fucked up so he's really opening the floodgates not an excuse but like that's what's happening and then he's like and she won't budge and she's just sort of like taking it and holding firm and he says thanks for being there today it was really a pleasure and then she says, I'm trying. He says, well, you need to try harder. He tells her <gasps> she needs to try harder. Excuse it me. Hangs up, hangs up on her. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. Nasty. Nasty. So and that's where it leaves. Well, except we yes. learn. We learn. Speaking of good sisters, Kim has to leave. Of course, she's a jet setter. She's got to go. But she's not going to leave her sweet sissy no. in this moment. I worried. I worried. I had a moment. <gasps> Who's going to be with Courtney? This is the moment she needs support more than ever. So she doesn't go back to Scott, even though we know she does. Uh, and we find out, guess what? Courtney's Courtney's not going to be alone. Chloe's on her way. Can't wait. Chloe, look, I don't remember what happens. I can only assume it's going to get worse when you add Chloe to the mix. 
<laughs> it is very funny because Kim is so they're so different. But um, Kim was really there for mm-hmm. her this episode. I thought it was a beautiful episode. Um, and then we see this, you know, supposedly sad shot of Scott trying to in his hotel room trying to open his medication with the his like guy, dude. I know. I was like, he can't. He's like trying to open it on the edge of the side table. And anyways, <laughs> we. So we'll see. So Chloe's on her way uh, and we'll see what happens next. Um, And that's it. You know, it's so funny while watching this episode, I had a thought of like, oh God, it must be so crazy for them to see this right now. And then I'm like, oh, only I'm watching this. They aren't watching this. (laughs) They aren't aren't keeping up with us. (laughs) They're not watching a vintage episode every week (laughs) from 10 years ago in their own lives. It's just me watching it. Me and you and maybe some other folks listening. (laughs) Because it does really uh, line up with right now, though. There's so, I, guys, I, if you're listening, you know this because we are always trying to connect the dots. But like these vintage episodes often dovetail in really crazy ways with what's like going on in their current lives. And it's very spooky and very fascinating. And also, I think is important when we think of our own lives and our own patterns yes. and the things we like to forget about our own selves. Speaking of being 24 and making mistakes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I encourage you all to watch. Uh, they're so fun. We will continue Woo-hoo! covering uh, Courtney and Chloe Take Miami. We watch it on Hulu, but yes, you can find it pretty much everywhere. We release new episodes every Monday. Check out our website, Cardishinit.com. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and please rate and review. Check out our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook page, and email us at Cardishinit at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, thanks so much for listening to Cardishinit. Bye. Bye. <laughs>